This is Laserpunk, and you are listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome back to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. Uh, this week we have a very special guest, Laserpunk. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Uh, thank Thanks you for inviting me. Yeah, it, crazy. Um, you know, there's quite a bit of a, a time difference between us. So, really, uh, thank you for joining us seven hours into the uh into the future <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's 1 a.m uh, what would the music producer do at this time sleep hell no i i think didn't you tweet something like you said you didn't trust anyone that didn't stay up till three o'clock in the morning yeah yeah especially artists like if you're an artist and you sleep at night that's that's just weird i don't trust you <laughs> that's awesome you're wasting your time if you're doing that you're doing it wrong yeah uh, i mean you you need to sleep but pretty much all the artists i know they they just can't sleep at night i don't know everyone has their own reasons for it but all my artist friends are awake at night well uh, except for the ones who still have a day job and they have to work in the morning which which is crazy difficult so yeah respect to them no kidding. That's the life I live, working in the morning. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I don't want it. How difficult. The thing I hated the most is waking up in the morning. So, yeah, I hated all schools, all jobs I had pretty much. Waking up in, in the morning is just not for, not for humans, I think. So no. I welcome the robot supremacy when robots going to do all the work and wake up <laughs> in the morning so we don't have to do that. <laughs> yes, leave it to the robots can wake up in the morning. They don't care. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. they usually don't uh, complain. Not usually. Um, before we get going any little bit further, please um, reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find our podcast on all platforms for the most part, except for um, I don't know that we're going to do the Amazon podcast thing. So. They sent... Are you guys on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're too old for that's that. That's the new thing. You should be on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone says. I really don't want to do it. I don't it's either. Like most, most people from this um, scene or genre, and most people above, like, I don't know, 20, but everyone is talking about how important that platform is. Well, maybe not so much after... Uh, it's gonna get banned in the United States, <laughs> right? It's gonna yeah. get banned. I don't even understand what it is. I'll be completely honest. Isn't with you. it like, I, as far as what I understand, as an old person who doesn't follow that very closely, isn't it just like an old thing, like Vine or something? It's just a short video segment. Is that all it is? I don't. This know. part is gonna be really funny for the younger people who listen to it. It's like three <laughs> boomers or kind of boomers trying to figure out new platforms and they don't understand it yes what, what is the internet yeah. i don't even know <laughs> yeah i i just i don't know if i could do it 
but I had the same resistance to Facebook when that was. Well, I think my problem is, is I'm not an attractive girl. So maybe that's not the platform for me. That's true. I think that's the, it, I mean, it, Facebook is not really for anyone now. I, it's, it's really going bad recently. Are you, I think it's for racists. You've been, you've been seeing it for like a few years recently that more and more people delete their accounts from Facebook. And, and really, the platform is getting, getting worse like every month. Yeah. It's, like it's, right yeah. now, you cannot do any music streaming on it, if, if I understood correctly. Like no live streams, no DJ sets, nothing. Especially during this time when all the like, shows you can do is live streams and Facebook bans it. That's ridiculous. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not, not fun. Not like I was doing it. I, I, I was never into this live streaming DJ sets, but a lot of people did that and enjoyed that. And that was the only thing they could do during this pandemic. And right now, Facebook decides to like ban that completely. Yeah, that's I. That's dumb. <laughs> it, it just that's Twitch seems to be the platform now that people are using for that, at least for. Yeah, I, I should get into that as well, but I I never really checked out Twitch before. Because that's what the Nightwave guys use. They they yeah. go over Twitch. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Those guys are cool. Um, so you've recently had some pretty big success with your music video that came out at some pretty impressive numbers. Oh yeah. It's um, going really nice. I mean, in like two weeks we have uh, 50,000 views, which I'm happy about because it's still an underground genre. I'm still uh, an independent producer without any like backing from the music industry. Like <laughs> there's nobody pouring money into my project. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy about those numbers, and I'm all, uh, also happy about how people received it. Uh, the comments on the music and uh, on the music video are overwhelmingly positive. So, yeah, I'm really, really satisfied with that. Yeah, it's a really cool music video. So, you know, and, and you film that during lockdown, right? So there's like all the streets are empty and... Yes, exactly. We started shooting it uh, in March, I think. That was when... Um, Hungary uh, went into like kind of full lockdown. So, somebody told me uh, in the comments of the video that Hungary never had a full lockdown. So maybe I'm confused on what is a full lockdown. But <laughs> the police were like very strict on the streets here. So if you were out on the street and, and you were not going to get groceries and you were not on the exact path to the closest grocery shop, they would send you home or they would give you a fine. So that was really strict and also even more, so what was even more important than government control is people were like legitimately scared at that point because we didn't really know anything. We just knew that there's a huge pandemic, like it's uh, really serious. We got lots of bad news and of course the media jumped on it and, and made everything sound like at least five times worse than it were actually was so people were really scared and those like i think it was two weeks when the streets were really empty like i remember i went to the city center during the daytime with a car and there were no cars or people i never seen anything like this before in my entire life that was crazy yeah we had a two-week period of time here where it was the same thing and i still had to go where are you, where are you locally 
uh, so we're in in Minnesota, which is the 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 very middle of the United States and the very top. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you were looking at North America, we're in the very dead center, like like the U.S., Canada, all that, right in the middle of the whole continent. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, we got a two week in March. Also, yeah. If I remember right, yeah, two week lockdown here, and I was still going into work and yeah it was really weird in the morning driving in not seeing a single person when normally the streets would be packed it was really really strange and then we had a riot we because uh the um yes and then we had riots here yeah so the whole thing uh started but that it... was that was back in march so that was not the not the blm riots right no that was that was part of it yeah so that happened a little Man, bit I'm, after. I'm the kind lockdown. of confused on like when, uh, like on the dates, like what happened when. I think um, uh, Kyle's looking it up right now. I thought it was March, or maybe it was May. When when did the George Floyd incident happen? Yeah, that's Kyle's looking it up right now. It might be May. I think we might. I think we're on our end. We had the lockdown in March or Aprilish, and then we had the George Floyd. Huh? thing happen i think it's in may if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah so and that started yeah, here before so. that there were like protests against the lockdowns but those were not 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 that big may 25th i mean based on what i've seen yeah so we we got we got a whole lot of 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 craziness happening here since you know we're we're in minneapolis so we're here right where the george floyd you know situation happened and all the ensuing riots and and the military coming in and all that stuff yeah crazy crazy you know when uh, those riots started happening i i'm on the other side of the planet my friends in the u.s so i was up all night calling my friend how they are doing and and you know watching their like Instagram stories and seeing all the crazy fights because you know that's that's interesting if you see something on the news there's like an emotional barrier I think for most people because you see so many uh, crazy things on the news yeah but when you see it through your friend's camera and you know that your friend just recorded it right now by standing there that that feels different that yeah. feels very different and it was sense crazy. of reality. Because with the news, you see bad, you know, there's bad news all the time. Bad things happening. And you get hit with so much of it. It's almost like you are, uh, it makes you insensitive to it. Yeah, desensitized. Desensitized, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you see through your friends, like, hey, this person I know who I care about is there witnessing this stuff and they're putting it out there. That's, it, it's, it changes everything, so... Yeah, I had a couple of friends that were on on the bridge that the semi was gonna run into them and all that stuff. I mean, it's just it it was a really crazy time. Yeah, this whole year is crazy, but you know, it's it's really over the top now. Like every time <laughs> you say it's well, this year has been bad, but now now things are starting to settle. Something else happens. Yeah, it's, and we we still have I, I our think elections. This whole, 2020 was directed by like Michael Bay or or I don't know <laughs> like who's who's making most of the 
end of the world movies, but it's really it's over the top now. Paul Verhoeven is directing it. Yeah, if if you were if you were watching this story, the story of 2020, in a movie, you would be like, yeah, this this is my suspension of disbelief doesn't go that far. <laughs> so many things cannot happen in one year. Okay, come on, like half of it is gonna be enough. It's too much. Yeah, but it keeps happening. Yeah, just more and more stuff. Yeah, the West Coast is on fire here. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, I I just seen the pictures and and I thought that those are like photoshopped to make them look orange, but those are actually real. So the sky is orange. That's, yes, that's insane. That's like I don't know how many things have I seen this year that I never seen before. It's uh, it's it's one of those things. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we will never see them again. That's that's the real thing that we want to hope for. I don't want to see more yeah, fires. That's, I don't want to see more thinking. bad things. On top of the virus. On top of that. All that good stuff, yeah. So um, you did the music video. You did it in, in March and, and filmed it over a period of time. Um, you're having a lot of success with that. And then you're donating the proceeds from that to charity? Um, yeah, so how it works is that I released the Covenant EP in, uh, well, I don't remember the date. Yeah, in, in June. Yeah, Virus came out as a single on, on um, June 5, and the Covenant EP came out on June 19. And I, and I said I'm going to donate all the money from that EP throughout the whole summer. Because, you know, there's no way, I mean, no point in donating the money forever from an ep because everybody just buys it on the first week pretty much right but i thought like if i stretched out to the whole summer then then definitely anybody who want to buy the ep is gonna do it in the first three months and that's ended up in like um almost 1400 euros uh that was kind of my goal because that's exactly half a million hungarian foreigns yeah or currencies shit so like <laughs> It's 350 foreigns a euro or a, a 300 a dollar, kind of like that. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, it's, it's a nice number. And we also found this project when, where um, the Child Heart F- Foundation was um, trying to buy these special surgical loops. Um, I'm not really uh, good at this, but so these are like special magnifying glasses which the surgeons use when they operate on like uh, very tiny child hearts. So it's oh, gotcha. specifically needed for uh, surgeons who operate on child hearts. And they were, they were needing this equipment for like years, but how it works is that they have a limited budget for these, um, for these medical supplies. And once they are out of the budget, no matter how much they need something, they will not get more money from the government. So they get money from mostly civilians um, who support them or, or companies. But, you know, these are the areas where more money is always helpful. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. You know, that's a really great cause. I yeah, think, I'm, so. I'm really, really happy about that. And um, I'm really happy about the, the support people shown to me. So, you know, still like uh, in a kind of an underground genre independent producer to make 1400 on an ep 
I I think that sounds good. Yeah. Especially that it's a charity project. So, yeah, I'm I'm also really happy about that. I mean, it's not a huge thing. Uh, how how much did the weekend uh, donate? Is it fifty thousand or five hundred thousand? Like ridiculous lot. But how I look at this is that you know you need to look at your own. Um, what you can do personally you know yeah and for some people what they could do is that they would still go to work you know all the all the essential workers and that was very serious especially during the beginning of the pandemic where we thought it was like deadly virus and if you catch it you're definitely gonna die a lot of people were thinking that and they still went to work because their work was needed for society to function so right. that's what they could do this is what i could do all of us are doing what we can do and that's that way the world will get a tiny bit better well absolutely wow that's i to me the 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 contrast between the kind of music you make and sort of the the image that you do and the and the things that you support i just i really love that contrast like just make it <laughs> yeah yeah dirty, i hear it a lot i hear dark. it a lot dance music basically and you know having these really great um you know causes that you support and donate to and then you just recently did a deluxe version of of your ep yeah the, i did the deluxe version because uh, i so when i originally uh, made this covenant ep i started writing it when the virus hit uh, europe kind of and I was very much inspired by that in a weird way. I, I don't know if it's okay to say that you were inspired by terrible things, but I think if you are an artist, that's how you cope with these things. You know, anything terrible happens to you or, or anything terrible you experience, that's gonna, even if you don't want it, it that's gonna affect your art. Right. So might as well try to use that motivation. And... This is also how I looked at it, that I felt, I felt like if I use this inspiration for my own gain, I don't know, that would might have been okay, I wouldn't have felt good about it. So I said, okay, I'm going to use the inspiration from these terrible things to create something, and then I'm going to use it for something good. I'm going to give something back to the community. And that way my my uh conscious is so that way I, I feel okay about it yeah and you're doing a lot more than a lot of other artists because most of what i'm seeing unlike what you're doing doing something for a good cause a lot of other artists are complaining that they can't you know i'm not making any money because i'm not playing any shows you know oh yeah i i seen that as well and that was also um motivational for me that seeing many people just think about themselves during these times so i wanted to you know do something different but on the other hand i understand them like this is really a very difficult time for everyone obviously and for artists as well because as a as a musician uh you couldn't do any shows and everyone knows that most of your income will probably come from shows as all the streaming is paying ridiculously low 
So I understand the people who asked for help, who, who created Patreons and stuff like that. But I felt like I, I'm not doing that bad. And also, it's currently, I'm not doing that good, but <laughs> I, I, yeah. It could be worse. I mean, it's really difficult for me as well, but I, I hope, I have faith in, in this project. I, and it seems like it, the, the numbers are going up, uh, more people are, are supporting me and stuff like that. So I'm not that worried about my future. Yes. So I, I could have this luxury of focusing not on myself, but not on how could others help me, but I could focus on how can I, I help others during this time, which is kind of a luxury. So that's also something I'm, I'm happy about because anytime you feel either financially or mentally or physically strong enough to help others, that means you, have, you are doing kind of okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And and it seems like you you're picking up steam. Like I really see a lot of people are are I don't know if they're discovering laser punk or or something, but it seems like in the last, you know, few months, maybe 6 months, you've really been on the rise. So that's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really happy happy about that as well. I I think it's mostly due to the fact that I started releasing more stuff this year. Like last year, I, I just released the Black Lambo remix album, which wasn't that good. Um, yeah, you know, artistically, I went to a direction which my core audience didn't really like. So this mix between synthwave and electro and trap, that wasn't working very much. I wanted to do that because I haven't seen many people doing that before. And now I know that the reason that they didn't do it is because it's not really working. It's just two audiences... <laughs> that doesn't really mess with each other. Maybe um, the people but also, just like, don't last know year, yet. Yeah. Yeah, that might be true as well, or I just didn't do it the right way, you know? Any, anytime you try something and it's not working, it, it can be that the idea was wrong or you executed the idea in a bad way. You know, that's also a possibility. It's always hard to, it's always hard to tell because, you know... It, and it could just be the wrong time too, you know. You oh, that's also true. You you could do this really hot thing, no one is really ready for it yet, and then, you know, a couple of years down the road, all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, this guy, you know, look, this this is an amazing thing. Oh yeah, of course that's and and in music those trends are very important. So, like, there there were many waves when when a genre got really really cool and after a couple of years nobody cared about it the the most recent and the not, not the most recent but the most outstanding outstanding example of that i think was uh dubstep or more like bro step which yeah screwx came everybody jumped on it everybody was listening to dubstep or bro step i'm not sure how to call it both but everyone <laughs> was listening to that every weekend every weekdays there were those parties everywhere. Two years after, no, nah, nothing, nothing really. I, I don't know a single dubstep producer right now, or I don't really know any dubstep parties. There are, of course, a few big uh, um, artists who still have that sound, but it's definitely not as hot uh, as it was when it came out, yeah. or when it blew up thanks to Skrillex or 
I don't know if it was thanks to him, but I think he had a huge role in that. I think when like he introduced the genre to a lot of people. I think he's a, he is the is associated. He is dubstep. I think if the first name you pop into your brain when someone thinks about that is is Skrillex specifically. Like he has a very yeah, particular. Definitely. Uh, and and he could probably still release albums doing what he does and do just fine. It's just no one else can do it at this point, probably, and succeed. Yeah, yeah, and and to be honest, I think he's a good producer. I liked even his older stuff. It it was not my favorite genre, but I listened to the songs. And I'm like, yeah, these are well written, well produced songs. Yeah, you they, know, it, if, if something gets really big, that's usually good. That's that, that's uh, that's what I always argue with people on who who is really against the mainstream. Uh, you know, there are cases where something blows up just because of the money, or not due to musical, not due to the musical aspect. Like these days, people focus more on uh, the image, on style, on the look, on the on the how, how should I say that covering. Or on, the, or on the full package than yeah. the music. But that's, I'm not sure that's entirely bad, you know? Yeah, I think um, uh, what, I've, what I've read is that music now is just part of the product of an artist. It's just one, it's actually the smallest thing now of any, like if you're a pop artist or whatever it is, like it's the smallest thing. The branding is the most important thing. So your yeah, logo definitely. on t-shirts and coffee mugs and, you know, sex toys or whatever, like <laughs> those, those are all the important things. And then you being on a TV show or being, you know, having a, a endorsements, those are all the more important aspects of being a music artist and less the actual music. That's just, that's almost like a giveaway at this point. Yeah, that's true. So if, if you want to reach a bigger audience or you want to blow up, you definitely have to really look at your brand and, and look at, you know, your target audience and everything. But still, the core of your whole thing as a music producer or as a musician is your music. That's your, yeah. to, to use like a bad word, it's your product. And I think if, so... You can make something successful, you can make a project successful, even if your product is bad, but it's going to cost a lot of money. And you have to be really good in all the other areas, like marketing, like branding, uh, all that. You have to be really good. Or you have to be great at producing music, create great music, but then you still got to do the branding and marketing and everything because there's just so much music on the internet. And, you know... You can, I, I know a few guys who create, who make amazing music. Like he, their music is 10 times better than what I could ever wish for. But nobody knows them because they just don't get their music out there. You know, mm -hmm. most of them are, are shy or just don't believe in themselves or, or really, really introverted to the point where it's difficult for them to even upload their music because they are so afraid of, you know, putting it out there so yeah there's a, you need a lot of stuff yeah. uh, a lot of skills and a lot of um, um, assets these days if you want to make it I will um, say that you put out business. a really great brand I think the laser punk 
I think brand or product is really like you see it. I see it a lot more on the internet. People like with your shirts and your stuff and your logo. Like I think it's really like a strong um, uh, aesthetic or something that people can latch onto. Like it's almost like Thrasher. You know, like everyone wears a Thrasher shirt, but no one knows what it actually is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's, I, that's you know really, what I mean. Like that's think, really true. <laughs> you know, and I think like when you see the Laser Punk logo, and, and you know, because you repost a lot of people's like. Um, them wearing your swag and stuff like that. And I think it's becoming kind of like that. It's a, it's a a thing all to itself and your music all, you know, like it obviously is very important to what you do, but I think it's more than just the music as you, as you're saying, you have to really be out there and and put yourself out there and interact with people and, and um, have a really strong, I don't know, image. I don't know if we want to say that. Um, and you, you, you clearly have like a very strong, uh, visual presentation on top of your music that match, they complement each other. Well, I would also say you're also very approachable. Anyone can talk to you. Anyone can send you a message over social media and you will respond. Yeah. Unless I forget it. <laughs> yeah. So what, what I do all the time and if, if it happened to any of you who, who is listening to this. It's not on purpose. It's not because I'm an asshole. So what happens is that I'm doing something, driving, for example, I see a message pops up and I open it. Hey, this might be urgent or important. I look at it and it's not that urgent. I'm saying this to myself. Okay, once I'm home or once I have the time, I will answer to this and I forget about it. And it happens (laughs) so much. I mean, it's fair. I I would imagine you get quite a few messages throughout your, your day. And I would imagine with the time difference, it, they're coming at all times of night, too, for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, this is weird because all the American friends I have, anytime we want to do something, I, I have to be up until, like, the morning because they have free time during the evening. But there's a seven-hour difference between us, or seven, seven or eight. Yeah. So, yeah, just like I'm talking to you guys at um, almost 2 a.m. right now. Yeah, that's great. Again, thank you for yes, that. Yes, thank you. Uh, that's, you know, because it, it's it's really difficult. I We've had difficulty lining up with people that are just two-hour difference. So the fact that you made this oh, work, yeah, we're really uh, appreciative. Um, we have problems with people who live in the same city. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's really cool. I, talk about, I'm really interested how Laser Punk started. How, how did you begin this project? Why, I mean, what inspired you to, to do what you do now? Hmm. So um, how I started with music is basically I, I always did something since my early childhood. I was drawing, I did photography. I made a few very, very lame video games. I did 3D animation. I, I tried pretty much everything I could. And... The last thing I did and uh, what I really got into was photography. And one day as I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really feeling this. I, I don't want to take photos today. I was doing that uh, as my job. I, I was shooting weddings, which was not that inspiring, but that paid the bills. And I was also doing all kinds of photography. So I felt like I need a break. And I started messing around with music. And how I started this project is... Um, it's gonna be really basic. It's gonna be pretty much what everyone says, but I seen Drive, I heard Kaminsky, Nightcall, and I was like, 
this is fucking cool. I want to make music like this. And, you know, then I, I find, found all the, all the old boys in the scene. Uh, Laserhawk, Power Glove, Perturbator, Mitch Murder, um, these bands. And I listened to that music all the time. Before that, I didn't know what Synthwave was. Right. I discovered the genre with uh, the Drive movie in... When did that came out? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did, I did music before, just, just a few months maybe, but I never released anything. And I start, started Laserpunk uh, with the intention of uh, finally releasing an album. I said, like, yeah, I, I know it's not going to be perfect. Maybe it's not even going to be good, but I'm going to make an album and release an album just so I can say that, hey, I put out an album. And I thought like maybe after that I will drop music and get back to photography. I just wanted to have an album, you know, a CD on the wall, so I could say that I did that too. Um, I released an album, some people listened to it, I got um, some feedback, and then after, I don't know, one or two years, I released another. That was still not good. Looking at looking back at it, I I don't like this album. <laughs> but that got me a lot of compliments. And then after that, I wrote one album, which was that was Death and Glory. Uh, and my project just blew up. I mean, not that much, but you know, people started to invite me to other countries to do live shows. Um, people are buying my CDs, my my vinyls, my everything, and. Then I got uh, invited for Europe tour by Carbon Killer, the French band, really great guys, by the way. And uh, so I quit my job because I, I told them like, hey, I would go on this tour and right after that, so the European tour would have been like a month. And right after that, there was coming my first US tour. So I, I went to my boss and like, hey, can I, can I go for kind of vacation for two months? And he said, uh, absolutely no. <laughs> then I said, then I'm absolutely quitting. <laughs> and that, that's how I became a full-time producer. That's awesome. Uh, that's a great story. I still haven't regretted. It's, uh, it's really difficult, you know, but I'm not going to say anything new by that. It's really difficult to make a living yeah. uh, today as an artist, but not impossible and i like challenges so that was also motivating me so was the first tour last the u.s tour last year yes yes in in 2019 i did in february there was the europe tour in march there's the u.s tour and in july i went back to the u.s for a few weeks and a few shows and then in September, October, I went for a big tour with um, Aesthetic Perfection and Empathy Test. That, that was a real tour with a tour bus and like 38 shows. We did the whole North America. So we started from, I think the first one was uh, San Diego. We started from LA because that was the meeting point. A few of the guys lived in LA and I also had friends in LA. So we started from LA then went down the south um, uh, near the border and then went up to the north on the on the eastern uh, eastern coast and then went back on the north 
to like Portland and from there down to LA and we finished and did the last show in LA. Just two months, 38 cities. We played almost every day. So we had like one or two off days a week. That was quite crazy. That is crazy. But a great experience. So we actually saw you at, during your Aesthetic Perfection um, tour. In Minnesota, right? Yep. Yep. What What was the name of the club? I don't. I don't remember. The Red Sea. It was. Red sea. I think it was the Red Sea. Something like that. It was an Ethiop like a weird place. It was in an Ethiopian restaurant. They had a stage off to one side. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's kind of small, right? Yep. So yeah. In the back there was the re- restaurant, and so in the front the restaurant, and in the back there was a small stage. I think it happened that time where a guy who was dancing in the front <laughs> yes. just slapped the cables of my sound card and it fell off the off the table. That was that night. Yeah. Yep. That oh, was... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, now I remember. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh, we've, we've told this story before, actually, to other people um, that I think you said that was like the first hiccup that you had. Yeah, uh, the, on the, the tour, the first thing that went yeah. wrong, and you expected it to happen earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this place was really, really small, so I had to be in the front, which I didn't like. I was feeling that something is gonna go wrong. So, <laughs> you know, if if you're close to the audience, you want your setup to be like rock solid, and mine wasn't. So this guy was just dancing and and slapped the cable. And my sound card flew off the table, but I'm lucky my my laptop stayed in place. So that that taught me a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, use duct tape all the time. Secure secure your stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, that that's a fun. I mean, that's just such a a fun show. And one of the things I want to say is that you bring so much energy to your performances. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of synthwave and darkwave acts, and you know, there's. N- some people do a little bit of, of crowd working and that kind of stuff, but you really bring the, the energy to what you do live. Oh yeah. And, uh, that wasn't really planned. I just felt really good. I mean, you know, I never even thought that I would one day get to the U S especially not as a touring musician. So I was really happy um, every day to do these shows. You know, I, I was really, really tired at sometimes. But at every show, I was like, yeah, this is a gift. This is amazing that I can do this. And this is definitely going to be something I will forever remember. So I honestly enjoyed all the shows. And I think that's what people seen. So it wasn't like a planned or forced thing to, yeah, I, I, I'm doing this show. I have to be really hyped on stage and do this and that and jump around. No, I was... Honestly, happy to do that. You were having fun, really, is what it comes down to. I would probably oh, yeah, see myself in the same situation. If, you know, here's this thing I like doing. Here's an opportunity to bring it to, you know, another country. I would I'd find myself in the same situation as well. You'd rip it loose. I would. I'd be pretty excited. I, have a, I would have a dumb smile on my face. <laughs> like, I hope yeah, I'm having this all the time. <laughs> Oh my God. And so, um, you know, one of the things that Kyle and I are really into is, is vinyl releases. And, um, oh, you, yeah. you released 
Death and Glory on vinyl. That was a really great product. Yeah. Um, did you have any um, plans to release more vinyl, more more product? It seems like there was that one run, which I think just sold out maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, Death and Glory has sold out. But just now, yesterday, I was uh, packing a lot of stuff and I found five vinyls from Death and Glory. So I think I will make a post about it. Definitely somebody's going to take it. But yeah, I want to make vinyls. That was also kind of the reason I did this um, uh, deluxe version of Covenant. I, I didn't want it to put just five songs on a vinyl or, or tape or CD or anything. So I was thinking, okay, I'm going to do an extra song. I did that with Daniel Deluxe and uh, some remixes with some people who I really like and whose sound I, I really like as well. And now that's it. That it's 11 tracks. This is something you could put on a vinyl, but five tracks, I didn't want it to do a vinyl for that, but it's an important enough record to have their own physical release. Mm -hmm. So that was also, also the reason for the deluxe version. And uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna do vinyl. It's just, oh yeah, making vinyl is a, is a pain in the ass. It takes <laughs> a lot of time. It's really super expensive and you know, the bad thing about merch is that you have to pay for it uh, usually when you produce it. So I have to pay for like, I don't know, 300 vinyls right now. But how people are going to buy it, that's going to be going on for months. Still, I get back that money. Yeah, you have to. It's so, yeah, it's not easy. Up. It's not easy. It's a huge um, financial uh, sacrifice to say like hey i i have this i don't know how how many thousands i'm gonna put it in vinyl uh production kyle do you but yeah i definitely want to do more vinyls do you want to let him know about your connection with him oh he knows we had this conversation at the show um you may you may remember conversations that we've had before but i approached you almost at the same time as brian from uh, Electric Dream Records about releasing Death and Glory on vinyl. Oh yeah, yeah. So I just missed out. Yeah, yeah. That that was long ago. That was very long ago. Yes, but uh, the yeah, finished product uh, that Brian did. Yeah, that was the first time I, I made uh, vinyls, so I didn't really know anything. But some of my friends have released uh, stuff uh, with Brian before, so I was like. Yeah, if it was good for them, it's good for me. But yeah, the guy is great. But I don't know how it's going to go in the future. I might release the vinyls through a label, so I don't have to pay for everything myself. But I, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. You know, this year really fucked up all my <laughs> all my plans, as well as my financial plans. So I have to rethink everything now and... And maybe maybe slow down a bit. I mean, I would love to uh, release new merch, print vinyls, shoot music videos, release a new LP, stuff like that. But all of these things cost money. And sadly, I don't have unlimited money. Yeah, this year really fucked everything up. Yeah, I think it, it, yeah. it messed everybody's plans up. Um, oh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And I think that's exciting because, you know, I we both own Death and Glory, the vinyl uh, version of it. And... 
I think the final package of it is, is absolutely fantastic as Kyle was saying that Brian did a really great job on that release. Um, so it's, it's good to know that you're still looking to into the future. Cause our, some of our listeners are, are vinyl heads. So they're, I wanted to throw that in there just to give a confirmation that at some point there's going to be a vinyl release that you're thinking about. So that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm also working on a new LP and I definitely want to release that on vinyl as well. And I definitely want but that. It's, yes. Thank you. Thank you guys. But, um, it will probably go like I will release the LP digitally. It's gonna be on Bandcamp and uh, YouTube and all the streaming platforms. And the physical stuff will only come later. Yeah. So, how how it happened with Death and Glory? At that point, I absolutely didn't have any money to invest in in merch. I put the album out, and a lot of people bought that, like the digital version. And then I used that money to make merch. So. That's why it's really good that a lot of people uh, buy digital albums. You know, they, they could, especially in my case, uh, all my music is up on Bandcamp as pay what you want, which means you can download it for free. But a lot of people decide to pay for it, and that allows me to produce merch for, for that record or, you know, just get better equipment and stuff like that. It's really great, and it feels great that I... People don't have to pay for my music, but they decide to. They they listen to it and they're like, this is quite good. I, I want to see what this guy does, uh, if he has more support or more money. So I'm going to support him also by buying his uh, album, which I don't have to. So I think that's a great, uh, great system. It's also great because people who cannot uh, support arts, I mean, that's also kind of a luxury to have enough money to support arts of course as an artist that's important for me but right. i absolutely understand that it's not a priority for most people i also say to people like a lot of guys message me like hey i want to buy your music and i want to buy your stuff but but i don't have the money now and stuff like that yeah then don't just focus on your stuff your life your family your career invest in that and if you have enough money that you want to blow one art great Thank you. And support the artists you like, but support yourself first. That's awesome. Wow. So I, number one, that's just a really great, you know, a really wonderful perspective to have, obviously. And you kind of really don't have a choice, but the fact that, you know, like you have that perspective is really cool. And I think fans really appreciate that um, because people want access to stuff and they don't always have the finances to be able to support you in the way they, they would want to. Um, I'm curious though. So you're working on new music and we talked about the yes. EP, the black Lambo EP about how that kind of didn't land exactly as you wanted it to is, does making new music, are you trying to avoid the outside voices of what your fans want to just focus on what you want to do or how do you deal with trying to balance what people expect from you and what you want to do creatively? Hmm, that's that's an in- interesting question which I often ask myself. Like, there's a um, direction I'm going into, but it's very it's a very complex uh, question to uh, to tell why am I going into that direction. Mainly, I would say I create music I want to listen to. Um, that that happened a couple of times with songs where. It's usually like I hear a song and or, or 
a couple of songs and I think, okay, this sounds really cool, but it would be way cooler if this and that would have been changed. So I start writing a song that I would love to hear, but that doesn't exist yet. That's one thing. And also, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing to want to satisfy your audience. But, you know, a lot of artists look at it like it's selling out or... or I don't know. I, I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's bad to look at your audience and, and see what they like the most and create music like that. I mean, you can, you can look at it as um, selling out or you know, serving your audience and creating a product that you fine-tune to a specific target audience. But also, you, you want to create stuff that your fans enjoy. I, I feel like there you would get a sense of satisfaction out of that. And I mean, comparing it to something else, say if you were a chef, you know, if you were cooking something yeah. and you made a really delicious meal for someone and they, you know, they loved it, I would get a sense of satisfaction yeah. out of that. Now, if I just made them something that only I enjoyed or I wanted to go a different direction and they didn't enjoy it, I could see, you know, that wouldn't have the same fulfillment. Yeah, I, I think uh, a great album is a mix between the two. You do music that you know gonna land well with your fans and you also experiment. You can do that in, in one track or you can, you can go like, okay, there's gonna be four songs on this album which I know gonna sit well with my audience, but the five other songs, that's gonna be more experimental. I'm gonna be more free while I write those songs. I, I think there's a fine balance here. But you can also just go crazy and do what you want and see if that's going to work with your audience. I think both, both approaches are, are completely fine. You never know. This, the new stuff may be what the audience enjoys even more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and with the new record, I'm also going to a new direction. But... Um, I, I'm already quite confident that it's it's gonna work. Like, it's it's really groovy, you know. Uh, with the third album, I wanted to, uh, with Death and Glory, I wanted to write music that that I wanted to hear, and I I consider myself very lucky that that sat well with the audience. You know, I didn't create that music with the intention of. Uh, uh, I don't know, doing well on streaming or, or getting a lot of sales. I just made music that I thought uh, sounded cool. But um, I think I learned a lot about music, not, not mainly as a producer, but more like a listener. I, I listen to music all the time, and I think I'm much better at telling what makes a track sound really good, what, what, uh, what's, uh, what gives the track a vibe, you know that makes people want to listen to it again and again and what, what's, what's the soul of the music that makes a, sta a track stand out or makes a track uh, easy to connect to. So I, I think I improved a lot on um, songwriting and I want to write really, really groovy stuff, really catchy stuff that people are going to like and listen to over and over again. So do you feel like you've got like, like ingredients like to go back to cooking like do you like this is the laser punk touch 
to a particular thing. Oh, you yeah. kind of know. Yeah, yeah, you just definitely. Kind of know. Okay, if I I'm gonna write this song and I just add I add these certain elements, it's gonna feel like a laser punk song. Yeah, definitely. And and what what's a huge change in my mindset is that back then I looked at my music as a producer. Now I'm looking at it more from a listener standpoint. So when I look at myself, there are songs that I absolutely love. Not not my songs, other people's music, which are absolutely great, and I listen to them over and over again. So, and and there are specific songs. If, if I do something, I listen to that song, and it always gets me in the right mood. And I think that song is just absolute magic. And that's what I want to create. I want to create music that other people connect gonna connect to uh, like I connect with these songs. And I think to be able to achieve that, you have to look at your own music from the listener's standpoint. So as an artist, you kind of have to take a step back and not force everything uh, as an artist and say like, yeah, I would do this as an artist, but I think the listener's gonna enjoy this more. And I, I, and I absolutely don't think that is bad. Because you, you create music for people. You create music for people uh, so they can enjoy it. And, you know, there are a lot of people say, like, I, I make music for myself. Uh, yeah, then why do you upload it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Well, yeah, I think, I think all, all of you points of why someone does something is valid. Um, I, think yours, I think your viewpoint makes your music more accessible, definitely. Um, you know, because, like, Prince, when he made music, he didn't care a rip what anyone thought. He just made his music, and it just happened to be amazing. Um, but not all of his al- albums always landed really well because he'd get really kind of detached from what people wanted or or things like that. Um, oh, yeah. So what are some producers now that really get you excited? Whoa, there's a lot, a lot, and in many genres. So just some, like of, just off the top of, of your head, like you don't have to dive too deep. Okay, uh, well, Guess of First Time is definitely a huge um, inspiration for me, especially because he's very versatile. Like he he started from uh, French house, electro, techno-ish stuff, and then he made like a pop album with The Weeknd and Pharrell Williams and then after that everybody was expecting more pop music and he came out with No Sound System which sounds like some analog techno from 95 so <laughs> yeah the guy the guy is very versatile he can do a lot of stuff and he does it great he's definitely a huge inspiration other than that uh, I really like the sound of uh, Daniel Deluxe that, that slower bass heavy stuff I, I like that more and more uh, but I also noticed that so it, it, it makes difference where what's your goal with your music do you want your music to go hard live yeah you need faster stuff if you aim more for music that you, you enjoy while driving around uh, driving your car and chilling you're gonna need slower music so most of my music recently has been quite slow and 
those are doing great on streaming, but I'm thinking if I want to do great shows, I also need fast music. So that's also uh, an interesting uh, thing to look at as an artist, because you obviously want to have your music uh, out on streaming and everything. You want people to listen to it at home, by driving, by working, anything like that. And that usually goes better with slower music, which I like to produce slow music. So I'm usually around like 95, 110 BPM, but at shows, you can really see the faster music doing better. Yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, just did a show now. Uh, I mean, I was DJing and I went up from uh, 95 BPM to 130, and there was a huge difference. But I mean, it was the, it was a techno audience, and for those people, everything under 140 is slow and boring. <laughs> so it also depends on who's your audience. Right. So you go laser punk going to a a uh, techno audience that I mean that's really cool though because then you're 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 exposing your stuff to a different group of people and they can you know discover you and and you know so that's exciting too. Yeah, definitely and I really really like techno music but I'm not planning to take techno uh, uh laser punk into an entirely techno direction. I'm getting ins uh, inspiration from techno. That was uh, the case with uh, um, different forms of power uh, EP or remix album. Um, there's also the song "Isolation" on the net on the new record, which is kind of has a techno vibe. But I'm not planning to go into an old techno direction, mainly because there's so many people doing techno now. I don't. I don't think I I need to join that cult <laughs> even though i really like techno and i absolutely love techno events that just a uh, great scene uh with a lot of people who are really passionate about music i mean going off of what you said about isolation that happens to be my favorite track on the ep <laughs> oh that sounds great that sounds great i i actually think that song is a bit underrated but only in contrast to like virus and covenant which i honestly think those are probably the best songs I wrote and I'm, I'm still kind of disappointed that they are still not doing better than like Black Lambo. <laughs> but, it's, but it's weird that you have a song that does well, you write a new song and then you're gonna hate, you're gonna be mad at your own song which you wrote previous like, why are you doing better than my new song? Fuck you. You're old. <laughs> and, and I, I want the new stuff to go well. And I, and I, I think you did a post where like black lambo you were almost gonna throw it away oh yeah yeah uh that that's really weird because uh i kind of made that song as a joke uh it has all these dumb samples from like trap music at that time i i listened to a lot of trap music i i still do and i thought like okay the whole album is really dark and and serious but i'm gonna do this fun one fun song and in the last two weeks i was like yeah, maybe I maybe I shouldn't even put that on the album. It doesn't really fit. Uh, it has a completely different vibe. Uh, people are not gonna like it. And then I was like, yeah, whatever. If if people hate it, they're just gonna skip the song. Uh, it's not hurting really anybody. And then that became the biggest song. So that also that was also a really important uh, lesson that taught me that uh, maybe I'm not the best judge of my music. I mean. 
I'm definitely not the best judge of my music. I wanted to delete the best, uh, the most popular song from the album. So, you know, that also tells, um, tells you, and I always say this to artists that uh, uh, don't try to be perfect. Uh, you're not going to be. Your first album definitely not going to be perfect. Not even your fifth album. And you are not the best judge when it comes to your own music. You have to put stuff out and uh, and see how people react and listen to the feedback I, and you know if you're a good producer you you gotta do that i absolutely because, agree with you yeah yeah you ultimately you know i have a few producer friends who i show new music to and ask their opinion but in the end you are not writing music for pro uh, for producers uh, that that's the that's a similar case when you do a show and uh you know, I always have these uh, fellow producers come up to me and, and uh, tell me their opinion. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't really care. I'm not <laughs> doing this. So the audience, there's like 1% in the audience is producers. The rest is, they're not producers. They are there to enjoy it. But producers uh, are also, they're very critical. You know, that, I notice that on myself as well. I go to show and I... Look at you look at it like a critic, and yeah, I, I. So, you shouldn't. Your goal should not be to impress the critics who are in the same field as you, who is the, probably one percent. Yeah, I think that's a really smart um, perspective to have. And, and going back to Black Lambo, like to me, when I hear that song, the fact that you even kind of doubted, like to me, I'm like, this is a radio hit. Like this is so very clearly something that would resonate with people just because it's it's dark it's fun it's upbeat it's really kind of it's very and there's nothing else that even really sounds like it you know on your album and, and other stuff that's out there it's, oh, yeah, i think yeah. it really has a unique voice onto itself and and it might be it might be the only song at the end of the day that you end up being known for will be kind of weird because like it the same oh, thing yeah. happened to Aphex Twin. Aphex Twin's been around forever and a day. He yeah, writes one joke song. He writes Come to Daddy as a joke. And that's what yeah. everyone knows him by. And it, it's one song out of 30 years of music and that's what people yeah. know him for. <laughs> yeah, it also shows that maybe you don't have to be super serious all the time. I mean, it depends on what your goal is, but that what you just mentioned that an artist has a has his own sound and and a, a certain style and the song where he breaks away from from that uh, path blows up maybe shows that uh, there's other ideas in your head that might be good but they are not like the others so you not you don't act on them normally yeah, and FX2 is a great uh, example because he's an absolutely amazing producer. And to be honest, I don't even like Come to Daddy. Uh, I pre prefer his older works, which he released under the name AFX. Yeah. I think those are genius, absolutely genius. Yeah, I, I really like the Honor, Honor Lords and uh, yeah, the Honor Lords. I think those those are the ones. I had a buddy of mine who's from England and he, he lives in the United States and he flies home every now and again. I made him go to a, a local record shop to get me a, a warp actual print of an Aphex Twin record just so I can have something from 
directly from Warp instead of a reprint label. Oh yeah, I I would love to have something from EFX Twin on on vinyl. When I'm in these old vinyl shops, I always check the collection for EFX Twin and Boards of Canada, hoping that maybe the people who are coming here didn't know them, <laughs> so they left these these treasures here for me. But I I haven't had any luck since. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm not giving up. No, you can't. That's the thing with records. You you go to a record shop, it's a hunt. You're going in yeah, yeah, I know. to pray you, know, you get lucky. People who collect records are insane, but <laughs> in a cool way. Like, really, I, I, I was talking to guys who, who sold their furniture to have, like, a specific record. And they're, they're like, yeah, this black metal band is from... 89 and and there's only 50 records of this yeah i, I sold my sofa who cares i will sit, sit on the kitchen chair <laughs> i'm like you sir are mentally ill but i like you i don't know that i'd go that far it happens to the best of us you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you will might go that far one day everyone says that you know when they start collecting records they're like yeah i'm not gonna be crazy i'm just gonna buy a few next thing like uh Hey, can we throw out this wardrobe? I need more space for my records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You d you don't know until it happens, and huh. someday it'll happen. Yep, that's funny. Um, what else do we need to cover here? I think there was something else that we needed to talk about. Of course, I can't remember it right now. What was it? I don't know. Maybe we already covered it. I'm not sure. Hard to say. We talked about the new um, the, the record, the video. Oh, I remember what I wanted to ask about. So you were playing, you're doing, you know, DJing, doing shows now. How is that going? How, you know, are people staying safe in the audience? Are you staying safe? Uh, well, it's, it's really weird. Uh, so right now in Hungary... Uh, the clubs have reopened. Uh, it's it's so weird, really. It, it doesn't really make any sense. Like, you cannot enter a shop without a mask, but you can go to parties without a mask. And right now, the government said that all clubs going to close after 11. It's like, why? Is the virus more dangerous after 11 o'clock? Is it like the... Oh, what was the name of that movie? With the little monsters. It's the gremlins. Which get crazy. Yeah, gremlins. Yeah, gremlins. So, is the virus like gremlins more dangerous after midnight? Don't get it wet. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense. Um, I don't know. It's, it's really weird time. Uh, right now, we have these events. Uh, I don't think it's going to last for long. But also, it's a specific case because... I might not be completely right about this, but what I read in some places and what a lot of people said is that vaccine that every ex-Soviet country got back then is making you way more resistant to the virus. It was uh, um, for TBC, I think. Um, and all ex-Soviet countries, Hungary as well, got that vaccine, and that makes the makes us more resistant to the virus. But I don't know, maybe that's some crazy conspiracy theory. Uh, you really can't tell these days. 
Yeah, that's so right now we have events, but you know they're not that great. It's you know it's it's still in the air that people are not. Uh, a lot of people feel like maybe we shouldn't do this, but but you know we couldn't do have any events for like half a year. So when the government said like okay uh, now and and they said it's safe because there were like no cases in Hungary. We went to lockdown uh, really early on and was quite serious about it. But it's also we, we didn't do that many tests. So I don't know, you know. It's, it's a really weird time. And uh, the more I read about it, the more confused I am. <laughs> that sounds about right. D do you feel comfortable doing the shows right now? Do you feel safe? Or are you, you know, questioning what um, you're doing? I... I do, I do. I personally do because, uh, you know, in the beginning, I took uh, the virus very, very seriously. And we didn't really have any, infor in, any information. But now, half a year later, it uh, seems like the media went over the top uh, on uh, communicating how uh, uh, dangerous this virus is. And in Hungary, I'm talking from my own experience, I don't know personally anyone who got the virus. There were people who said that they think they got it, uh, but it it was like a flu or something, so it wasn't serious. So in my experience, it's uh, yeah, old people or people who have a specific uh, health issue that makes them more vulnerable to the virus should really uh, focus on their safety. But in the general public, it doesn't seem that serious to me. But, you know, that's specific to this location where I am. The case might be very different in, in other countries. Yeah, I don't think it's so good over here. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> no, yeah. Um, all right, cool. You, Kyle, do you have anything else you want to go over? Anything you want to talk about? I don't think so. That was the that was the big one I wanted to see because I had saw you know recently on your Instagram stories of you playing shows. So I wanted that was the big one I wanted to ask yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, I I did like there was this uh, small festival and uh, there was this show, but I don't know. Uh, we have some few some events for the future, but I'm not sure if we are going to do them. It it all depends on what. Uh, say if they say it's it's okay it's safe we'll might do them if they say no we are not gonna do that so you know when uh in the beginning when they said uh it's not safe to have parties i canceled everything i was like yeah i'm not a health expert i'm not gonna say that yeah we're still gonna do it i'm not gonna go underground and not gonna do any illegal events but now if if the experts say that it's safe to do these events i'm like Okay, you know better than I do. I don't know shit about viruses. I'm just gonna do what you say. Cool. All right, Gabe. Do you have anything else you want to chat with us while we have you? Any anything you want to um, put out there? Obviously, all your music's on Spotify and Bandcamp, and we encourage everyone to donate what you can um, to if you like Laser Punk. Doesn't matter if it's a dollar or whatever it is. You know, I really like what you brought up about you know, paying for the digital stuff that's out now. Cause I don't think anybody that we've talked to previously has mentioned like, Hey, the money that you, you know, put forth for the digital format is going to come back in more stuff. 
you know merchandise later on oh yeah that's that's definitely the case especially with independent artists who don't really have any financial support behind them you know uh, you you can especially if you are a full-time producer you can put the money in your music in your craft that you get for your music so that that's how it works if people buy the new stuff that lets me create more stuff or if enough people buy that that lets me improve the stuff you know like improve the live gear shoot music videos uh put out new records like i have a lot of ideas for music videos and i i think music videos are great i grew up looking at music videos uh staying up all night watching mtv and vh1 and all these music channels and record the cool music videos to vhs tapes so i absolutely love music videos and i would love to shoot music videos all the time but those are really expensive and also a lot of work so yeah that's uh when uh it comes really uh handy if people buy the new records <laughs> because that's gonna allow you to put that money back into your art and uh do music videos for example which are really expensive so support laser punk that's the name of this that's the yeah, moral of the story it. thank <laughs> you more contributions more output they're directly related yeah, to each definitely. other definitely all right well i really appreciate you coming on thank you for staying up late um, to be on the show uh, until next time this is eric this is Kyle. this was laser punk thank you guys have a good night <laughs>